Hi, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. And we're podcasting from um, a tiny little pod, a camping pod, because um, we're still on the road on our way down to Perth very shortly. So we've got Mark sitting in a tiny spot, not as not as usual home. We're away from home still on the road. We'd love to be out on the beach podcasting, but it's just a bit too it, noisy out there with the wind and the waves. <laughs> but uh, but anyway. We're trying to make the, the best of the situation that we can. Um, so Mark, we've got questions from your members. And the first one is from Karen. Karen has a two-year-old Arabian that she bought a year ago from a show home. She thinks it had been shanked a lot in the ring and is very head shy. She's had him checked and there's nothing particularly wrong. However, he's a nightmare around his head. She can get his head collar on, but she still has to go very gently. She can't brush near his ears. She can massage up there after about 30 minutes of going up his neck, but the next day she's back to square one. She's tried going gentle over his face, but it's the same. She's just wondering how she's ever going to get a bridle on as he gets older. And he's getting taller, which is also going to be a bit harder for her. Yeah, what horses have to go through, hey? It's 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 really really sad. It saddens me sometimes when I do clinics and I see the horses and what they've been through and what people have put them through, and it just shows, um, you know, there's. It's good to be able to help though, like I, you know, and and everyone I see coming to clinics has been helping out so much with their horses. So um, I'd like to think the positive outweighs the negative. Um, and in the long run, I'm hoping, hoping it will that that you know, good horsemanship will prevail and people will start to treat their horses all round a lot better. You know, whether it be in performance in the show ring or things like that. But the, the head shy problem that you're talking about, um, shanking, I sometimes call it jagging. Uh, you know, and for anyone else that's not sure about what that means, it's basically um, if a horse kind of jumps around a bit, it's very common that you'll see people jerk on the lead. Some of them are jerking on the side of a bit. Some of them are jerking on a on a um, on a on a you like a, like a stallion, you know, chain noseband things like that. It's basically a sharp jolt, and sometimes painful jolt in a lot of cases. I shouldn't say sometimes, depending on what gear they got on, can be a painful jolt um, that is to sort of shock the horse out of what it's doing. But what and what what people end up doing is they just chastise the horse and you see him going bang 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 and the horse just gets frightened of head pressure and it's the most destructive thing to good riding and and good reinsmanship and things like that because it just gets the horse frightened of head pressure and then it gets them frightened of anything that touches on on their face which is the reins and then you get these horses that you know you wonder people wonder why their heads are up like this and it's because sometimes just the way they've been led round um so i've fixed a lot of horses like this and and help help their owners fix horses like this just truly pure in in a sense you kind of got to provoke them a little um and that's the hardest thing so so like a head shy horse that's not only head shy because because he's probably not just head shy because of the jagging he's probably head shy because if they've been jagged and and um then then they probably had their ear twitched to have things done and things like that so 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 they they're not just frightened of picking up a rope they're frightened exactly like you're saying going up around their head to try and you know put a um a bridle on because someone's gone up and just gone you know twist mm. so they become very very suspicious and fearful so first i would i wouldn't i wouldn't try and work on touching the head and handling the ears until i've worked on leading and because um 
when a horse is not frightened of the guiding pressure that you need to guide a horse into a better place, then you've got more tools when you do handle the ears. Whereas if you handle the ears and the horse hasn't been led properly and, and you're still frightened of that jagging pressure or rope pressure or things like that, then you've got less tools to handle them with or to help educate them. And it's the same with training a young horse, you know, a starter or something like that. So basically what I do is I, and you remember like, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard this saying before, but it's, it's, it's um, a horse finds its boundaries. You don't bring the boundaries to the horse. It's a saying I try and tell people all the time because it was one of my big change, not my changes, but it's one of those light bulb moments is really trying to understand a horse finding pressure, the pressure not finding the horse all the time. So a, a, a simple scenario, which um, I've even heard Ross Jacobs sort of, or read, read one of his blogs that he explained it one day. It may have been him, <laughs> I think, but it was, you know, if a horse, if a horse ran into a fence, it'd be okay the next day that that fence is there. But if the fence ran into the horse, the horse would never stand near a fence kind of thing. And that's, if you have that picture in your mind when you're training, you really start to use your reins and your tools in a way that allows that horse to find boundaries, but be comfortable with them, okay? Now, because the boundaries have been snapped onto your horse's head all the time, he's frightened of them because, and not only from the pain of it, it's the um, inconsistency of it. So it's the inconsistency. If, if the fence is not there the next day and you don't know where it's going to turn up, it's inconsistent, so it becomes frightening. So, so, so it's basically if a horse knows that when it when when it it goes this far and the rope gets this tight, then there's going to be a boundary there. Okay, I can understand that. Okay, they just need clarity. The clarity that if they pull on that rope and they get to a certain point, there's a boundary and they can't get through that boundary. Okay, fine. I found that boundary. Well, I'm not going to find it again. Okay, and they soften and they learn ways of following the feel opposed to sort of leaning on the boundary all the time and that's how we sort of train horses to lead and not be frightened so that's where you become more set in your boundaries and let your horse find them so you'll see me do lessons on the videos and stuff where I might just get a horse like a troubled horse that's had a bit of jagging I might just put a put a hold the lead just like towards me but not pulling on it and I'll just kind of wave something because you know your horse is a bit nervous so you know it's going to be like Oh, I'm going to kind of pull back to that because it'll automatically start to go like that. And then it'll find the boundary. And when it finds that boundary, um, what'll happen is is it'll find the boundary and, and you'll see how much panic it's got in it. If it's got a lot of panic, you just might just go with it a little bit. But if you do it gentle enough that it just kind of lifts a little like that and finds it, and then you just hold there and wait. And the horse will go, uh, oh, and I'll release to that. And then you just do that one over and over until the horse starts to go, oh, all oh, right, I can push into that. I can push into that. I can push into that. That's great. Okay, so once your horse can push into that and not be frightened of it, then you might just be a little bit more abrupt with the flag or whatever you're doing to get it to push its head up and it'll push in a little stronger and it'll go, oh, I'll release. And that's the start of that horse just, you know, feeling that pressure then you'll get to a stage because though that saying's a really good saying don't bring your boundaries to your horses let your horse find boundaries there are times when you pick up a lead and walk and the horse has got to follow that so you're kind of bringing the boundary to the horse but because you've taught the horse about the feel of the lead and where the end is the feel of the lead and where the end is over and over and over 
then when you take the feel and walk forward with it, the horse feels that and goes, I know where the end is, I'll follow that feel. And while you're walking every now and again, you might just wave the flag and let it push and press into that boundary again and go, oh yeah, I've released that. So you'll get to a stage that if there's pressure on your horse's head, even if it's firm pressure, the horse will go, oh, that's just a boundary. It's not gonna be frightened of it. And you do it over and over and over. And basically what you're looking for when your horse goes from a braced, I'm a bit frightened of that, to a, oh, you'll see it soften and think forward. And then you stop for a little bit and let it go lick and chew and just come down a bit and just you know it's not like you know we're not looking at lick and choose to be the be all and end all i'm just saying when you see a horse go and loosen its whole face and expression have a bit of a lick and chew and things like that um you'll see you'll see it sort of soften and go that that me going from here to thinking about that and going to here and following that lead rope pressure made me feel better and you see that your horse feels better after after it's led every time and do that over and over and over until you can sort of ramp it up a bit, lower your horse's head while you're walking, all sorts of things like that, be creative. And then once you've got that, you can maybe start to handle, so you can put your hand up like this, the horse will go like this near the ear, and then you'll, and you'll find a bit of feel and you'll just keep your hand there, but not on your horse, just close to where it started to kind of push up. And your horse will push and then it'll release and then it'll just soften and then you just take your hand away and say, thanks for that until you can get your hand closer and the horse releases until just you can get to a stage that your horse almost just releases into your hand and touches you um, instead of you just touching it okay so that's you know like i said there was an earlier question and answer kind of linked to the to, to these ones but it was um you know do do we sort of stop when the horse is anxious and step back and things like that and sometimes with nervous head shy horses we just stop and wait and then step back and that's important but what's also important is teaching them to yield a little. So I would sort of come in, I'd, I'd, I'd get to the point where the horse wants to lift its head, I'd wait there. When the horse lifts its head, it finds the feel, but you've worked on the feel for the prior week or so, that the horse is really soft with that. The horse will find that boundary, release off the boundary and come back into that place uh, where it kind of started, I suppose. And then you'll release your hand and say, thanks for, thanks for yielding a little. Uh, until you can touch it all over the head and things like that. And the other thing you might do for the first touches on, on horses that are frightened is just touch and go. So the first touch, if the horse yields and softens a little and you just touch it a little bit like that, that's it and go. And then just take your hand away. And then touch and go until you can go, touch one, two, three, go. Touch one, two, three, four, go. Touch one, two, three, four, five. Oh, good, you're gonna soften there, yeah? Instead of staying there too long. It's like touching a young horse for the first time, touch and go, same, same with head show issues. But yeah, all those things, put them, put them together and yeah, you might make some progress. Okay, the next question is from Karen. She's got a green horse that wants to walk off when you're getting on. She has to use a mounting block. Um, she thinks it's in anticipation rather than being anxious. What are some things that she can do to teach him to park and wait? Um, I was reading about drones the other day and the more expensive drone that you buy, they have a follow me function so you can actually just ride along and the drone will follow you and watch you when you ride your horse. So anyone that likes YouTubing what they're doing on their horses. And so I'm gonna invent a mounting block. It's called a follow me mounting block. And you just uh, you just tune it into your saddle and you just stand on your mounting block and it doesn't matter how far your horse walks, the mounting block just follows it and you just get on on the go. And, and that was one way around that problem, but um, 
<laughs> but anyway, but that's probably not the way that's going to help your horse. That's just uh, inventing something that makes life easier, but doesn't help us become better humans and it, it, uh, or develop uh, more skills. Um, but anyway, the other way would be a mounting block that doesn't move and your horse learns how to soften at the mounting block and feel good at the mounting block. So there's two areas now. Now you may say your horse, you know, maybe you might think or what your horse is kind of quiet and it just it just it's just a habit that it does it and sometimes it is the horse gets used to the person riding off and it just prepares for that straight away so it walks off but a horse that's in the moment and follows a feel correctly only follows what we're asking it it doesn't anticipate anticipation usually comes from anxiety um, and trying to predict something because they predict something because they don't like what happens if they don't predict that if you can understand that so that's why um, anticipation more comes from anxiety a soft-minded horse that can uh, that, that listens to the moment then it doesn't suffer from anxiety and it doesn't suffer from anticipation as much as the others so basically when you step up on that mounting block if you see your horse's preparation to go forward start to strengthen you'll probably find that it's getting anxious as you're stepping on the mounting block. So just do an experiment. So, so before you even put the bridle on, just have a holder on. So I'll walk, work the horse at the mounting block in a holder so I could have control over it and let it walk out a bit, let it come back, all things like that, so I can move around the mounting block a bit freer and it doesn't have a bit in its mouth. So I just walk up to the mounting block and as soon as I see the horse tighten, I just stand there a little and when it loosens, I'd step back. Because basically if the horse tightens a little, and then you step on the mounting block and then you go to lift your foot up the horse is tightening only prepared to preparing to walk off so the first bit was the anxiety the second bit was the preparation for it to walk off then it walks off before you get a chance to get on so you might step up to the mounting block as soon as you see the horse go i'm starting to think forward and tighten you just stop a little step back or no so stop till it sort of goes oh nothing happened and it might just relax again then you step back and you'll find if you keep doing this and you heard me uh, with other answers for different problems the same scenario going up to the mounting block and keep doing that until you get to a stage you can put your foot in the stirrup. That's one way to look around it, to, to, to work on it. The other way is when you get to the standing on the mounting block, I, I always walk my horses around the mounting block and I walk them and walk them on both eyes around the mounting block until they go, I feel so good at walking around the mounting block and being beside you that, you know, if you ask me to stop you, ask, ask me to walk forward, I would do it however you ask. So, so basically, if you can walk your horse really softly around the mounting block that's connected with you, then you practice. So it's almost like lunging on a short lead around you while you're standing on the mounting block. Walk around, stop, back up a little, walk forward, back up a little. So the horse is just following the feel around the mounting block. So then if a horse can move softly around a mounting block, then any horse that can move softly and feel good moving beside you close while you're up there is going to stop. Okay, because what's a stopped horse that's worried wanting to do next. Obviously it's already stopped, it's not gonna lay down. You know, it's very rarely horses just lay down at the mounting block and go, well, I can't run, I'm just gonna lay down. So what's after stop? Go. So a horse that carries anxiety in the stop is only gonna to go to go. So if you've already taught it to soften in the go around you, then stopping's easy because it's already, it's already felt good going. So by the time it stops, it actually wants to stop and feels good about stopping. Um, so movement both eyes around the mounting block distraction change the thoughts forwards backwards forwards round till it feels good at that and then just let it stop and rub it 
and you'll find mounting will become easy. We do have some online videos specifically on standing at the mounting block, Karen, for you to have a look to. But yeah, everyone in their mind thinks about standing, and that's the one thing you know, I ask a lot of people. What do you want your horse to do when you're at the mounting block? Stand still. And I say, well, if you think and stand still, maybe ask them to move softly because your horse is thinking move and you're thinking stand. So how about you think move and let the horse move till it's soft. And then when you ask it to stand, you'll both be thinking the same thing. Okay, the next question is from Barbara. She has a 15 year old New Forest pony mare who's been with her for three months and the previous owner for 14 years. She braces for no reason apparent to her and on one occasion she was unable to get her to move forward and they'd been walking in hand. So she would take a couple of steps back, she'd circle with difficulty but not go forward. Have you got any hints for next time, please? Yeah, freezing is quite common in some breeds of horses, especially when you sort of go back to sort of some of the pony breeds and the cold blood um, is, is freezing can be a bit more, because it, it's stoic, like a stoic horse will tend to just sort of, you know, in some stoic horses, they, they may not even be really worried about something, but there's something else that um, is more of a priority to them than, than what you're doing. Education comes into it. Basically, good education in the sense that the, I'd say your horse is frozen over the years that it was with it, you know, in the past and sort of kind of got away with it in, in, in areas and, and was never taken past its, you know, I guess, little thresholds, I suppose. So, so um, and it's, you know, it's like those kids' ponies you see, the kids doing all sorts of things, and the pony just standing there going, I'm not going to do anything. Um, so some people just get bigger and chase, and, and, and then basically if the bigger you get, it becomes like, I guess, you know, Pete, I've, I've talked to people who have had experience with donkeys and mules that, you know, because they're more stoic, they can knuckle down, and, and you hear the old stories of people they used to use donkeys to teach cattle to lead because by the end of the the, the you know the night or however they they had it the, the you know the the bulls were leading and the and and the donkey somehow had had prevailed and that was i think through sheer just being so stoic um and, and yeah some of the horses have that it makes them a little more difficult to train whereas the horses that have just go straight to flight mold they, they're sort of searching and all they want is a better a better deal so it's easy for you to present a pathway to a horse that's the searching and moving than it is a horse that's just going mm -mm, blocking out so basically um i would basically go to an area where it's quite feels okay and and just get it leading and i would say i would say the horse your horse there's areas where you say come along a little stronger do this a little stronger and the horse will be reluctant and i say it's still um only giving you the bare minimum um in leading so 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 you'd be sort of taking it back to a spot where you sort of say okay i'm going to walk fast i'm going to pick up that lead and and and, and if you don't feel your pony coming along quite fast with that then you know it's kind of blocking and bracing so when it gets out the paddock a bit and it doesn't want to leave or whatever it's going to block and just knuckle down so um and yeah there's times that like like you know when you use the flag sometimes if the horse is still aware and a little anxious with the flag that's sort of kind of good because you're using that flag to get it to search so sometimes when a horse freezes and just knuckles down and you see its eyes just go sort of hard and kind of set then if you wave the flag and it goes oh what's that then it's going to start to search and move again and you might give it a little bit of freedom on the lead but it'll find it again and step forward and then and then you're getting that horse's mind open to searching again and that's some sometimes with a horses i may open them up by by just that little bit of you know 
oh, what's that going on over there with the flag? I might step or I might go here or I might go there. So every time your horse freezes, you might use that flag to get an unfreeze and lead again. So if I was, if I was leading uh, around the yard or something like that, I feel the horse get a little kind of heavy, I might wave that flag a little and it'll go, oh, and then it'll start to free up again and move because um, that little bit of anxiety makes it want to search, I guess, for a bit of safety. But as soon as it sort of follows the feel and you take that, that flag away, then obviously it's followed the feel and felt a little safe. So, so that gets them to sort of um, unlock a bit and, you know, move forward. You know, some people have probably gone to positive reinforcement too to try. So when the horse frees up and comes forward, they give it a treat. Um, that, that may work in getting a bit of interest out of your horse, but you don't want to just think they're freeing up to get a treat and then all of a sudden down the track when they're a little anxious or bothered still go back to freezing okay so you want to know that the lead rope is working really good um, and and you've got to really expand your horse's understanding in the normal environment so it can do lots of things and lots and lots more things on that lead like a good slow back up a good fast back up stop there come forward backwards forward backwards backwards forwards and not question that and when when there's no question then there's less chance of question and, and shutting out when you're when you're down the track um, but yeah, lots of good solid leading. If you can use that bit of um, flag to get them searching. So when they do brace and freeze, you can unlock them to get those feet moving again. Um, but not chasing them with the flag, just out in front of them, down the sides, anywhere, but just so it kind of be aware, aware of it. Um, and also very quickly, if I'm on, uh, another, another thing I do with young horses, if I'm on a flag and, and I'm still, they're still green, is when I'm walking and they freeze, I'll just start walking off to the side but keeping the pressure on their head until their feet free up and then I'll just go about my business, walk forward and they freeze. I'll just keep walking off to the side, keep a fair bit of pressure on that lead until they free up and follow me. And that's just going off, off at an angle. But yeah, try those things and see how you go. But let me know if you've tried them and, and, and they haven't sort of, you know, you haven't worked or, or yeah, they're working but there's some other areas and, and we'll see if we can address it along the way. Lots and lots and lots of leading videos on the online sub for you to have a look at as well. Yeah. Isabella has asked a question. She has a mare that's due to foal mid-September. When can she start groundwork and riding and how much can she do with the foal? Well, if you, if you look at what a mare does out in the paddock when it's still pregnant, they still get about and they still, you know, they, they, you know they'll still trot about and do things. So you can you can educate a horse while it's pregnant, but you're not going to put it under hard work or anything like that. But just picking up a lead and getting it soft to take a few steps back and lead forward, things like that, just getting it in tune to you can be done all the time, anytime. Um, you know, there's times that, you, you know, if you're watching your horse, there's times that when they're pregnant, you want to leave them out and just, you know, to get comfortable the way they get comfortable out in the paddock. But um, when I've watched our our mares with the with the herd, they they get about fine with the herd, and and then there's a point where they where they have a foal, and, and uh, but so so education doesn't have to be work; it can be just soft education where the horse is mentally tuning in with you, tuning in with what you're asking, and say so just you can be out in the paddock, leading about, handling her, getting a soft. Uh, the softer she is when the foal's born, then the the handling of the foal becomes easier. So. You've got a, a mare that you can sort of handle and then when the foal's born um you know i like to give them a bit of time just a bit a bit of time just without humans just to let let them 
bond and have all that without getting in too early because sometimes people get so keen at getting a foal interested in us that they get in as soon as it's born and and you know and if the mare's completely comfortable with people a lot of mares are completely fine with that and also if there's any um complications in the birth you want to be able to get in there and help out but in if your foal's born everything's good i just think it's just nice just to say just leave them do their thing and get 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 comfortable with each other how long for mark how long do you need them before you oh, it would only be a couple of days. So, like, yeah, yeah, I'm only just saying just to give them a bit of space, you know. Like, yeah. sometimes we over-humanise everything. It's just nice to just give them their space. That's just a personal thing whether it's going to affect the horse. If the horse is comfortable with people, completely comfortable, then it's probably not going to matter. But handling-wise, once that mare's going, um, getting going, as in she's up, the foal's up, walking around, the mare's going to be up, you know, then you can go in and start leading her about and just getting around that mare and just doing handling leading and after you know a couple of weeks or three weeks then maybe you could step it up a little bit with, with the education um riding you know is something that i'm not sure how long it takes for a mare to heal heal up all internally but they do have a quick rebound after pregnancies uh, uh, after foaling but um, it's it'd be okay to start to lightly ride them, but not a lot, because you've got to remember that they're, they're stretched. They're, they've already stretched mm. a, a lot from carrying the foal for a long time. So, um, and just to put them under saddle straight away and just ride them, you could end up with a horse that ends up more of a sway back because you sort of they've been stretched, and and then you just get on them and start riding while they're still in that sort of position. I think it's good to let them kind of. Uh, tighten up a little bit before we get back into working them and then um, and they're how long oh, how long's a piece of string you know I don't really ride our brood mares so um, I'd say you know but a young foal it's a great lesson to have you up on a horse and then follow mum around and have you up there and then makes the next step of training very easy but yeah you can educate your, your mare pretty well right the way through except for a short bit but then the riding bit I'd leave for a few months after at least Okay, the next question's from Burn. She has been ponying a horse, so that's, that's leading another horse off, off another horse. Um, and the one that she's ponying off has its ears pinned at the other pony, the other horse. So it's difficult to get him to follow the feel from the lead rope when her horse is telling him to go away. Is it a case of just sticking to it and doing small sessions until my ridden horse is more accepting of the ponied horse being close to him? They are paddock together, they're half siblings, and my ridden horse is the dominant one in the paddock. Any suggestions, Mark? Yeah, it's a hard one. Uh, not a hard one, but it's a hard one when you're on a young horse. I, I remember used to have it when I'd, be, I'd get someone to help me uh, on a young horse just free up, and I'd be just riding a young horse, and um, and I'd have a, an older horse in front of me, and, and, and I'd ask the person in front of me just to step up to a canner, but as soon as the young horse saw the horse even going from a trot to canter, it'd sort of suck back. And if I was, especially if I was a little bit close to that horse in front, because it just suddenly get, because it didn't know the horse very well, it'd suddenly get a bit of a fright and suck back. And so, yeah, when you're leading young horses, as soon as that horse that you're on says go away and it's a dominant horse, they're going to say, I'm listening, but I can't because I'm hung up on this rope. So what I do when I 
when I'm getting a dom, like any horse anyway, get used to each other, is I just ride a little circle. So basically, it puts the two horses like that. So you're riding around that young horse like that, and that young horse's head is facing, say, could be facing your leg. Uh, and you're just riding around your horse and, and the young horse is just kind of doing like a clock hand around you and you can do that at a distance even on a longer rope and just get riding around your horse and getting your young horse to turn in and turn in and just free up and follow that lead around in a circle and uh, slowly I'll build, go round and round and round and round and then I'll just gently eventually spiral out into a, into a bit of a straight line um, and it's when that young horse comes in behind and comes right up beside that usually those horses get a bit like, hey, get back. If that happens, I'll turn my riding horse by turning its nose in and its, and its hip away a little bit and go back on a bit of a circle. So you end up turning in front of your young horse. So the horse's head's here uh, beside, uh, like facing your leg and your horse is riding off almost like they're um, like 90 degrees to each other. And then I just ride off in a bit of a straight line as soon as and, and, and then, then the young horse in a straight line will start to fold and straighten up beside you. If your horse gets angry, turn and do that same thing again. And it just turns them. It just one, the turning distracts your horse, uh, gets it to think about something different. So you're interrupting your horse's thought when it gets angry. You're putting it in a slightly different position. If you think you want to position it away a little, you can. Um, and, and, and you're sort of steering your horse so the young horse doesn't pull back on the lead all the time either. So you don't want to be just snipping up on the young horse and just dragging it while your horse is giving it signals to go back. So you basically turn your horse and ride it off at a different angle so the young horse goes, oh, well, I'll ride off that way because that's a little less, um, it's easier for your young horse to follow, but it also distracts your older horse and it, basically because you're changing the thought on your older horse you're helping it not do that all the time and you're also helping a young horse lead because um, by changing the angle of your ridden horse the horse gets to follow the field more positively opposed to have to follow the field towards a horse that wants to kick it or something like that so yeah that little circle thing and just work on that and and yeah for, for really really tough jobs I'd, I'd, I'd work a big long rope with a big circle and slowly shorten the rope in those circles until the two horses can ride off side by side uh, and just see how that goes and see if they you know that, that usually sort of gives them enough time to soften and then if they want to sniff and you know stand close and have a bit of time together let them let them take all those moments to let them stand together okay um from nicole she's been watching your videos on loading horses into a trailer but in the states i think i'm guessing you're from the states nicole um, they often have trailers that don't have ramps. What do you, is your suggestion for loading a horse for the first time in that scenario without the ramp? Um, she says she feels like it would probably make it more challenging. Yeah, the the I, I know what you mean with the step ups. I helped a lady the other day with a with a, just a normal step up angle load float, like it was a I think it was an American built one, and I noticed most of the ones that are designed for carrying horses don't have a huge step up, and they've got a rubber. A rubber edge to make it safe for the horses obviously there's always dodgy dodgy versions of everything out there that's not safe but um and i found i can still work a young horse on stepping up and stepping off a step up um it's just when they're not confident in their back feet and stuff that you maybe just you know but but if you do it very slowly and you've got your horse leading very well you can get them stepping up and stepping out um the reason i walk them on and off before I teach them to self-load or unload with their um, unload by walking off opposed to backing off is because 
in Australia here, um, some people set their horses up for angle loads, but one day they've got their trailer broken and someone helps them out, their neighbour with a straight load comes along and helps them out, but the horse doesn't know how to back out of the float or it wants to turn around or anything like that. So I always try and get people to sort of firstly teach their horse to load on and off by leading on and backing off and then teach them to self-load and then teach them, you know, depending on the setup of your float, however suits your float the best. Most smaller step-ups, uh, I would just teach them to step up and back off and very carefully. Once your horse can back very carefully and is careful with its feet and its footfall, then if your backing up's working well, you can back them softly off and on a step-up float and do that. Um, just get them a lot softer. Um, if you have to and you don't want to back your horse off because the higher you step up and something like that you could you could basically get them really soft till they get to the float get them to step their front feet up stop wait soften if their front feet are stepped up enough just just back off a little without stepping off then that's okay you can make them lean back and not push and then let them softly take their back feet up so they do it in increments not just jump in um, so front feet up stop back feet up once they got their back feet up and, and and say for the edge stop and then for the rest of the way in the float i would walk them in going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards so the only bit that i wouldn't back them off on a slightly high one or whatever on, with certain horses is when they're stepping up but then once i'm in the float safe again i'd work on the backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and if you want to teach your horse to unload by walking out the float you turn it in the float and while you're walking to where it's going to step down backwards forwards stop forwards backwards stop and then when you get to the step up you just repeat the same thing step down stop with the front feet and then soften wait and then step the back feet off and then once you clear the float backwards and forwards a little so the horse is not jumping off and freeing itself up by running away from the float a little so you're trying to just be a bit creative as long as that horse is with you with the feel and walking softly you can kind of load them anyway and once they can do all that then you can just go now step in once you know the horse is fear free confident can be stopped anywhere it's not worried when the when the floats behind it when it's inside it looking out or it got its head in with its with its rump out and then yeah and then just do whatever you like Okay, thanks very much for your answers, Mark. They're great as always. If anyone's got any questions that they want to send through to Mark, they're free for anyone who's an online member. So an online member gives you access to over 400 training videos. He adds videos every month and uh, it's only $15 a month. So give it a go, have a look and, and hit Mark with your questions. Just Google Mark Langley and you'll find all the info there. Thanks very much and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, everybody.